0: What's up, mamas? It's Tanika Ray. I was a television host for 20 years before my entire life blew up when I had a baby. Shifting gears from red carpets to a gig called Mom required a whole new game plan. The carefree, globetrotting boss babe, me, was suddenly in search of a mommy tribe to help me navigate the inevitable fumbles and fails of raising a kid. Mama's Day with Tanika Ray is a sanctuary for the Mommy Collective, where we amplify our self-love and self-care, trade tips on raising conscious kids, help each other fine-tune our boundaries, and celebrate the highs while forgiving ourselves for the lows in the wild, 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 wild world of mommying AF. I'm so happy you're here. This is pretty much my favorite time of the year. I mean, I love summer for like the beaches and the vacations, but something about spring, the rebirth, the rejuvenation, the reclaiming, the reordering, the reevaluating, it's all the re's that are really good. I have been in this deep, deep purge for the last week and a half to the point where I actually stopped posting on Instagram. Now, if you're not an Instagram person and you're listening to my pod, I am so happy you're here. But I have to tell you, I've been on Instagram hard for about seven years and I don't miss very many days. I have not been on it. That means I haven't posted. I haven't put my thoughts out there on social media in about four or five days. And surprisingly or not surprisingly, it aligns when I started my detox. So let me be clear. I have never done a detox before. I've never wanted to do, well, no, I've wanted to, but I've never really thought that I had what it took to sustain a long amount of time eating certain amounts of things. Okay. Like just the deprivation of it all. I cannot stand it. It, That's the part of dieting. That's the worst. Is going, what? I can't have that? Now, re-educating yourself and feeding yourself the best things for your body and your mind and your spirit, okay, I can get into that. And boy, have I gotten into that. I've come a long way, baby. I came from all of those obnoxious diets and teas and all this crap to be a certain size. And I've achieved that a certain size multiple times in my life, but it's not healthy. So now I'm trying to do it the healthy way. I'm trying to feed my body the fruits and the vegetables and not feeding it sugar and dairy because that's poisonous to my body. So I what happens if I actually am intentional like three sixty intentional about what I put in my body? So that's what I'm working on now. I'm really excited because it obviously coincides with spring and I was going to do it with a couple different people. I was really torn. As you know, you've got to check out Heather DeClue. She is the bomb. She educates us so much on what the poison that we're putting into our body, how our body is creating parasites, how if we have these 3D demons in our minds, how can we be productive to the highest level? We can't. So I love Heather. She has this incredible detox that starts in May. And this is May 3rd, so if you were excited about what Heather was talking about, please check out the pod. She is episode 22 here on Mama's Day with Tanika Ray. Check out episode 22. Even if you don't want to do the detox, you can learn so much about your body and your health. Okay, moving forward. I was thinking about doing her detox, but there's also... Queen Afua's detox, which has been this spiritual alignment in my life. Things just happened and I happened to meet her and we really connected and she gave me her entire detox. I was the first person to actually receive it and I am so grateful, Queen Afua. I love you so much. Let's work on getting you on the pod. Everyone keep their fingers crossed. But for today, I have Ooh, I thought about today being May 3rd, that today is National Lemonade Day. And when I think of lemonade, of course, everybody thinks of when the world hands you lemons, you make lemonade. But this mama never was handed lemons, honey. She was making delicious, sweet lemonade from day one. As she comes from a family of excellence, she has created a family of excellence and star power and beauty and all the things I have always, always adored her. She's on Instagram as at chocolate mommy love. And she is the incredible, beautiful, inspirational, successful, and such an incredible mama, Miss Carrie Shahidi. Now here's a little FYI. Unfortunately, when we first started recording this pod, we had audio troubles for about 10 minutes. We prayed, we laughed, we giggled. I pulled my hair out. I was sweating like, Oh my gosh, what's happening? I never thought I would have to be a sound engineer, which obviously I'm not, but thank you by the grace of God. About 10 minutes and 32 seconds, the audio fixed itself. And we were able to have this incredible conversation to share with you, okay. I'm done talking at this point. here's Carrie i I apologize, and I have a heart out at twelve, so i wanna we can have a great conversation if that works for you. you're
1: so have you been doing yoga your whole life? <laughs> this is the uh Good, great work of energy healing and tapping into nature and having kids that are now young adults. It's everything. I'm just going to do one thing. I mean, you make it look easy, sis. This was me me at at 6.15 this morning. I didn't get up at five today. I stayed up until one. That was me, but I did jump up and go, go outside and catch the sun. Are you a 5 a.m. clubber yourself? Yes. Yeah. It, it's the strangest thing, Well, this book, the 5 a.m. club, I don't know how it came into my, my purview. I don't know why it came into my space at the time it did, which was, had, I mean, must've been January something. It must be the kind of book that sells out every new year because it's like a new start. <laughs> I didn't connect it to any of that. I start reading it and it reminds me of the Augmandino Greatest Salesman. It reminds me of The Alchemist. It reminds me of The Celestine Prophecy. All of these books that are just parables that lean you into teachings. So I'm reading this book and it's not until like 200 pages in where he's already hammered into you in a very simplistic, almost... Sacharin parable. Own your morning, elevate your life. Mm. Now, I've done just about everything, but have I ever owned my morning? Never. So what I had started doing was I saw that it was called the 5 a.m. Club. I didn't know why, but I decided I'm gonna get up at 5 a.m. and read. That was the only time I read this book. So for like three weeks, I only read at 5 a.m. And then he eventually gets into systems. But by then, I had established 5 a.m. was my time. I had started protecting my evenings. It's like, I gotta, it's, it's 10, I gotta go to bed. But what it did for me was put together all of the other lessons, the four second rule, the compound effect. When you think about The Secret, you think about the book that The Secret was based on, Think and Grow Rich. Yes. All of these books, there are no shortcuts success. But more than that, there are no shortcuts to finding ourselves. And so I'm reading the 5am club at the right time for me. You know, God bless all the people around me. I probably ordered 15 copies. (laughs) That's what you do when the book is good. You want to bless your track. Or if it's a black author, I always order 10 and then I gift. So it was just one, like the right time. And I had the past year and a half i had started getting up and walking in the morning and started greeting the sun but it he literally talks about why we greet the sun it's just all the lessons hit at this at the right time for me so i am a 5am club person but i also have the space to do so because i only have a middle schooler at home
0: who i can't believe is taller than you now what the
1: heck happened in pandemic <laughs> i'm going to tell you what happened in the pandemic he grew like six plus inches. He found his hairstyle. Go curly. One day I looked at him. I was like, I know how to do your hair. I've been doing Yara's hair with my eyes closed. Yes. Like, I know how to, let me try something. And thank goodness he's, he's, he was down for whatever. I was like, you mind if I do a single strand twist, a two strand twist, a twist out, a wash and go? And he was like, sure, yeah, sure, yeah.
0: I mean, he's walking behind two kids who seem so self-assured and so powerful and confident. It seems like an easy road
1: to walk down after his brother and sister, I'm sure. I would say that he's he's got his own unique path. And we are like, wait, wait, can we, can we go down there with you? What's down there? So it's really cool. They're all very different. I never really understood that until I had three children that they could be so different and still be the best of friends, which is the only thing that I really prayed for was that they would be connected and they're extremely connected. Um, So it's giving me time and space to continue to figure out who I am. Okay.
0: You're a successful mother, like check because your children are happy
1: and they like you. That's huge. Do you ever lay, lay in bed at night? Like Are they going to write the autobiography of how, how I could have done better? Like I went through a period of time where I was like, I am terrified. Could I have done, what could I be? I mean, we can always be improving, but. I think you've
0: done good, girl. I think you've done good. And I don't think you should ever question that. Well, I think I have to dive into how you were raised because once before you were a mother, you were obviously a daughter. I've seen you with your father, another twin of yours. How many siblings did you have? Did you grow up in a nuclear family?
1: I grew up mom, dad, older brother and sister for almost all the way through high school before my parents separated. I have two half siblings that are, geez, I feel like they were infants and now they're 30 and 28. But yeah, I grew up in a a very attentive family and extended family on both sides, all educators, in some way, shape or form, but their primary job was pouring into our nuclear family. So I've got lots of cousins, we're, we're all close. Yeah, I just, I talk to my parents almost every day, if it's not like almost every day. Okay, so that's really interesting. To so me. I'm still being parented is what I'm trying to say. I'm still being actively parented and gratefully parented. Oh my God, I'm, I'm stuck right there. <laughs>
0: Well, because that's really powerful. I think there's a lot of people that leave home that don't need to speak to their parents every day and choose not to speak to their parents every day. And for you to be a grown woman with your own family, your own husband, who finds joy and purpose in speaking to the
1: people that created you. Yeah, and comfort and solace and challenges. I remember complaining to my dad. Two times I've I was complaining where he he's not one to give unsolicited advice. So one time it was years and years ago, I was complaining about some job I had, this and this and this. And he said, Woo if she must be sick of this. I was like, sick of what? He said, Sick of hearing about this because I sure am. <laughs> But, you know, the thing about it is I'm just an open vessel. So the lesson he was he was imparting on me, which is what he has told me my whole life, she who can does. So if it's been put in our space, our time space continuum, a higher power knows that it is there for you to tackle, mm. to, to move forward, to turn the page. So that happened years and years ago. And I must have been doing it again in the past few years because this man had it designed printed, framed and sent to my house. She who can does. And that has stuck in your head. Always. And the, I share that.
0: The fact that they're also educators. My mom was a teacher, but I didn't, it wasn't intuitive. It was no nurturing around it. It was the fact it was pragmatic teaching. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there must be something more empathetic, more intuitive, more nurturing in the way that your, te- your parents taught.
1: Yeah. I wouldn't say they're apples and oranges. Right. I would say some of our families have had just the space to share their empathy. As a Black mom of Black kids, you know, my my kids are half Black, half Iranian. They present as Black kids. Uh, they are aligned as Black kids as well. You know, I'm terrified. I, I go through those cycles of sending my college kid off in his car. Like, do you send them in a car that's not too bad and not too good so that an officer doesn't pull them over in jealousy or, you know, I go through all of those things. And then I do the work to create the space to have empathy for myself so that I can say like, okay, you know, God has them. The universe has them. Do, yeah. You know that they're covered, but I understand where your mom is coming from. Like it's pragmatic. Like we have to teach our kids how to survive. First and foremost,
0: I think it's amazing that you just, my brother, he was just on GMA this morning. As a matter of fact, are you he, serious? He's an educator. He's in the education space where they. Oh, then I, have, I
1: have to go find it on my on demand. I,
0: I will send it to you. And you do. the thing that's so interesting is he just said that to me. He's a grown man with kids and a wife. He lives in Brentwood. And he just said, I never buy a car that's too nice because I don't want to attract the jealousy or just the the sniffing dog sort of feeling of these cops that just want to pull me over because I'm in a nice car and my brother is second generation growing up in a nice neighborhood mm-hmm. so the fact that he still keeps that front and center is a shame it is. it's it's shameful yeah but we we shouldn't have to no we but it's the truth to. and mm-hmm. and that's what a successful mom is going to have to look at all of those things mm-hmm. So when they say, when CRT, we don't need to get on that, but when they say, oh, but we don't want our kids, our white kids to feel bad. It's like the amount of things that our children have to manage and navigate would
1: blow your minds. Yeah, but imagine imagine being in a group of people that are homogenous, dominant culture, that for generations, information has been kept from you for so long that it almost seems absurd. You mean they weren't happy when we brought them over on this fairy tale of a boat trip? Like, it's like watching the the ship sailing in and you've never seen a ship. Yeah. It just, the information doesn't compute. And so to think that it's been boiled down to very simplistic emotions of, I don't want them to feel bad. I only want them to feel good. Mm -hmm. Um, They're already missing a whole there's a whole range of emotions missing on that continuum. And like you're saying, the beauty I think about being black is that we have a shorthand and we can kiki, that's why we have our lunch table. That's why like I'm watching my eighth grader really find his his crew, it's big, it's deep, it's beautiful, it's brown, it's you know, it's global. I think that's really important to have people around you in these systems that we build and we put our kids in schools that, you know, we want to give them advantages. But they don't see them. They aren't considered.
0: I'm going through this now. It's very painful. It's like you either put them in these great institutions that have all the funding and all the money, but they're not being considered or you put them in a more global environment where there's less funding. They don't have the same opportunities. It's not considered the best education. And there's literally nothing in between.
1: No, which is why we have to fill it in with friends, family, influence. And you know, when we have them at these other schools, they already know, they're going to hear my mouth. Like I have all the energy. We have Uh, no choice. Yeah, no choice. And And they will consider
0: (laughs) us a problem. They will consider us annoying, but- Mm -hmm. We are here to
1: advocate for our children, mm-hmm. it's the least that we can do. Yeah. And we will give them other vocabulary so that they can say something other than we are annoying or bothersome. We'll, we'll give them, we give them other vocabulary. This is a new experience for them.
0: That's what I keep saying too. We're literally embroiled in a thing right now. And we don't have the option of being exhausted. We don't have the option of going, ah, it's not my job to teach you. Well, right, right, right. I'm not going to learn it anyplace else.
1: Yeah. Right? I've, had to say, I've had to say to teachers, principals, all the way through, three different kids, three different times, we're built for this, but I don't plan to access it with you. Oof. I already know, like, toe to toe, we're built for it. So when you accuse my son of something, when in fact my son was helping out a child. Now all of you get to listen to me.
0: Yes, we have no choice but to ultimately be the teachers Mm -hmm. because we have all the information. And like Mm -hmm. what you said about the fantasy that's been pumped into their families generation after generation, they literally don't have the bandwidth, the information. They are lost behind this like Disneyland wall.
1: To the credit of some, some people in certain family systems, they gather the information, they tr- they come back and some are successful and some are disowned and, and some are, are are doing the good fight for the greater good of humanity to consider brown, black, immigrant, anybody that lives in an intersection. As a mother, you and I are, are probably looking in the same one-way mirror, <laughs> fighting the same fight, yep. <laughs> but we're built for it, so.
0: We are, and so I, I always think of this, event that I went to and I was the first
1: time I mean I've interviewed Yara on many red carpets I remember the first time you interviewed her she was eight it was imagine that it was her and Eddie Murphy I remember it like yesterday I remember it like yesterday it was just you and the two of them holy crap I don't even remember that yeah we should find the footage Her dangling bless that beautiful girl's
0: heart (laughs) bless her and because well I, the late the memory that i have outside of the red carpets outside of you coming to extra and me interviewing her for gronish which congrats on the success of that it's powerful was at pearl exchange nicole richie's yeah.
1: which doesn't exist any great event
0: what a great yeah. event at the london hotel What was so Mm -hmm. powerful about that is she sat up there like a professor and just is so beautifully poetic with everything that she says Mm -hmm. to the point where it humbles me like, how old is she? And you don't just get that by being a smart teenager. Mm -hmm. You get that by parents, global communities pouring into you. And being interested and curious about the world that you live in and being an activist to a certain degree. Yeah. How, did you consciously raise your children to be
1: activists, to, to be socially and engaged and to be caring? Because like Yara talks about, you know, we've got people on the ground that are true community activists, but can we be liaisons? Can we be of support? Can we stay in a space of learning? Definitely raise them to be that way. It's funny to be in the world of entertainment because our TV is off 95% of the time. Mine too. Yeah, <laughs> and mean- have been since day zero. So imagine... Oh,
0: wait, 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 pause. Since they were kids?
1: Yes. <sighs> I'm so in awe. Yes. Now, I love Law & Order. I love so this was me like huddled in my bathroom at midnight when they were kids. But Monday through Friday, our TV was off. Saturday, maybe one hour they would watch like Time Warp trio or fairy tales for every season, the one that HBO did with all the brown and black and immigrant voices. Gullah Island? No, there's one called Fairy Tales for Every Season. Fairy, something like that. It was like Rosie Perez. Um, I have to find uh, it. Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, it's incredible. So it reimagined the fairy tales. Um, and so we were really particular, but we were really big on audiobooks. So Christopher Paul Curtis, Bud, not Buddy. They just listened to all sorts of books and we would set it up like a movie theater. So pillows everywhere. The big computer monitor only had like Remember those lines that shoot when you have your computer asleep, the old school, Yes, they pop popcorn and then they would just lay there and listen. All of them. It's like little house in the prairie gone global. I love it. Right. And so even during the pandemic, I kind of chuckled with Yara saying like, I don't think your brothers remember. We have every gaming system possible. <laughs> they, I can count on one hand how many times they turned it on in two years.
0: I'm, obsessed with this story first of all you guys are in entertainment she's on tv yeah all of them all of
1: them have been on tv yeah
0: all of them work in the biz Mm -hmm. but you don't watch the
1: biz at play there's a whole arc of a season of switched at birth that saeed hasn't seen now he read the scripts he knows what theoretically happens to his character and he's in it Uh uh-huh yeah but he hasn't watched it Mm -mm. i'd say the only time we started turning on was like you know to watch Grownish and even even fourth season of Grownish y'all is like ah oh, i think it's too it's too sped up for the then 12 13 year old
0: yeah it's mature so
1: it's mature so he's just now starting to watch some of it at 14 the one thing that my parents told me is you can't unexperience something true so we have to be very mindful of what we take in
0: so wait let's be honest did you grow up in new york
1: I grew up in Wisconsin. I do have family in New York. I grew up in Madison, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. So it was like a little bubble of uber liberal education. And my dad was in a PhD program there and he was running Head Start. So he was always in education when I was growing up before he switched to the for-profit world. My mother is just a super brainiac. She was an accountant, total math, whiz kid, graduated young like Yara did and went on to college. My parents met at at college, but yeah, I grew up in Wisconsin, had a great childhood because my grandmother was there. My cousins were there. I just, I had, you know, I had family around me. I was surrounded by family.
0: Generations of your family in Wisconsin. Yeah. Was it, it wasn't, it couldn't have been very diverse. No, but it was,
1: but there was a bubble, so what was surrounding me was really diverse. So I went to the school. The reason I'm fluent in Spanish is I went to the elementary school where we spoke Spanish during the day before immersion existed. Because I'm older, so by the time I was in fifth grade and transitioning to another school, I was fluent. And so I remember a teacher asking me in sixth grade, like, "Well, why do you conjugate it that way?" I was like,
0: "Because it's the way you <laughs> do it in Spanish." Yeah, because use
1: <laughs> perfecto right here right (laughs) So then I had to go back and and you know learn the other pieces of Spanish education but so I was always surrounded by by a global community intentionally by my parents
0: I mean you just all I keep thinking of is just black excellence brown excellence just the excellence we don't hear enough about in this country so I'm Ah. I'm in all of your family it sounds so incredible your kids are literally like the fourth generation of excellence coming out. And of course, they are the way that I feel that they are. It's their birthright.
1: No, the conversation I was having on the way to dinner with my 14-year-old last night, we were talking about the importance of curiosity and not thinking about the outcome. So how it was related to me, again, by my father, was the difference between networking and, and relationship equity is one of them, you're looking for an outcome. One of them, you are pouring into someone with no intended outcome, but it's the same with education and learning and curiosity. You pour into yourself without saying like, but, and then that way I could become an Amazon seller or I could start. No, you just take in the education. So Google certification, go do it. Why not? Picking up an instrument, go do it. We don't know what it'll, you know, how it will blossom or manifest, but You know, if you have the opportunity to educate, but what I said to him is what you just said. I was like, our family has been blessed with this birthright. I literally said that this is a gift that has been given that we are all hardwired to be purpose-driven. Yes. We must chase our purpose.
0: It's a responsibility. Such a blessing. So much gratitude. Yeah, it is. I mean, you've been a model. You've been an actress. When you had these three kids, you have an incredible partner. What did you see for them? Did you ever get downloaded where they would be this age, 10 years from now?
1: I think I knew that they were on loan to me. Yes. That's the first thing I knew. I was pretty excited that the first one looked just like me. So I was like, (laughs) thank you. Good looking out. And she Um,
0: does. Mike, I just saw you posted me and my twinsie
1: she does we have we have a lot of the same mannerisms and then I think I really wanted to just be close to them I was close to my I think I bet you my mom had to ask me to stop holding her hand in my 20s I feel like I remember that like you don't have to hold my hand
0: you were like that with your mom just very close very lobster we're lobsters
1: (laughs) yeah I just we're, we're totally opposite. She's a super thigh, Southern Southern woman. And I just think she is the bee's knees. She is so funny to me. She's so smart. She's so smart. And so I, I was just that close with my family. But I just, I wanted to do something where I could remain close. I do feel like we are their first educators and we open the world up for them. And so being a commercial actor, which I fell into after graduate school, was perfect And I remember going to my agent saying, oh, I had this, here's this kid I had. Her name's Yara. She's six weeks old. That was before the cell phones and stuff. And so they took a Polaroid picture, apparently faxed it to, I think it was Target, called me the next day. Oh, Yara has a job. I was like, that's not even possible. (laughs) But they, they said, yeah, we faxed the Polaroid. And so she started, and I studied the business like I studied for my graduate school. And I learned the business and I shared. I still share. I shared last week. I, you know, I still help people find agents, transition from things, empower people in the space because there aren't enough of us in the space. And so, yeah, she started at six weeks. Said started at maybe two months old. The younger one is the one that's more like me. He's the one that's like, I remember him auditioning. He was like, is it a guest star, co-star, or an under five? I was like, first of all, you're six.
0: (laughs) Take that job.
1: Well, first of all, and I was like, and second of all, is under five, which means there's five lines or less. So let me answer your question. So they're all very different. They're in the business for very different reasons. Saeed, who's a sophomore at university, he stopped to play basketball in high school. Good for him. Which was so exciting top of his game. But that's what you do, right? You jump peak to peak instead of peak to valley to to try and jump. And he's back into it.
0: He needs to be the lead in just everything. That (laughs) young man is so beautiful. I'm like, stop looking. He is young, but he is beautiful.
1: And when I tell you he is kinder and sweeter than he is aesthetically handsome and beautiful, he is he is, he's Yara. Yara and him are like twins. They and then know. I have the younger one who's my feisty tail. So, <laughs> you know, I'm like, you get it earnestly. Super, super kind, super sweet, but you know. <laughs> well, they say, say you get it. it. Is he more like your husband? Daed, the middle one is, yes, is my husband. Just easygoing, calm, chill. Like they've been here before and they know. I don't need the last slice of pizza. You need the last slice of pizza. <laughs> what a precious heart. Now,
0: do you ever get concerned about protecting his heart?
1: Yeah, he's, he's, he's newly single um, and very happy. I used to be concerned. And when I tell you, I don't need to be concerned about my older ones at all. Because they talk
0: about b- little young men like chasing women, but girls chase
1: boys. I think it's a human thing. Right. And so you just hope that they, you know, the one thing that I've shared with both of my older, the older ones who are in that space is that like, I feel like you're a diamond as long as you're with somebody that sees your shine. I'm good. I don't have a, like, I don't have to like, because I am not dating them. Of course I want to, but I didn't have to say all of their friends or anybody else that I've ever met. Incredible. They're surrounded by wonderful people.
0: But that's pretty cool that you know where your boundaries are because you are not only their mother, but you manage their careers at this. Well, they have
1: managers. That's the beautiful thing. I don't manage. I've never managed. I have been a mother on set so that they feel like when they're younger, if they felt like because they're put in very artificial adult situations. So, for example, if you're on set and you're 16, you can only work, I think, 10 and a half hours. Well, imagine a producer coming to you like your time is up, but if you leave right now, then we're going to have to shoot this whole scene and add a day. Well, you can say that to me because I could care to whatever, but you say it to a young person, they feel the weight of the world. So I'm in the space. I'm I'm in business with Yara. We have a production company together, but I'm also their strategic partners. So I have had to remind people, you know, that have called me to make decisions. I'm like, I know we've been, we've been in this together since this kid was 12 and this kid is 10, but they make their decisions. So even when they were on set, uh, I remember when Saeed was doing Uncle Buck and he was with Mike Epps and Neil and that was one of his shows. And they were like, wait, you want me to hand him the check? I'm like, it's not my check. <laughs> so Blackish, ish I probably physically picked up her check twice in eight, nine years because she was like, can you go get this? I can't get it. You teach them that it's their business, right? I'm not on set having to memorize lines. I'm here to parent uh, and to be their partner and to share lessons and to to learn alongside them. So they're, they're really well adjusted. I would think Um, really kind, but you gave them agency over their own careers. And so I really saw it as parenting and strategy and showing them how to say like, oh, you don't, you don't want to do this audition. Let me show you how to communicate to your team, how to get really specific. But it's the same with school, you know, with having two university kids talking about empowering them to talk to their advisors or professors about information that they may be missing or that they need. Uh, it's, the same, it, it's, it's the same conversation, just different spaces.
0: I mean, the motherhood umbrella is vast. It's huge. It it covers the world. So there really is nothing that's not under the umbrella
1: of mothering. Yeah. I, I mean, I love watching your videos because I think in like a year, she'll be like, hold on, I'm going to teach you this dance. You, you just, I mean, she's already doing it, but like I have a dance class. I have 10 people enrolled. <laughs> Mom, you're going to have to get on the wait list. She's I just love how, yeah. And I love that. Have you read Khalil Gibran, the prophet years and years ago, because, you know, it's almost like one of those reference books, like on, on children, on relationships, on friends, on life, on death. But the one on children, he talks about, they are the bows that shoot forth into, and I'm going to butcher this, but into the land of tomorrow for which we can never even see. Correct. They dwell in a house that is built for them and not us.
0: Which is why when we are nurturing them and holding them safe or as safe as we can, while they're in our space, our Mm present, our homes, we pour into them all the things that are necessary and not wait for the world outside. I was doing so well until she went to preschool and I'm like, oh, they taught you what? Oh, crap. Now I have to make sure that I'm counterbalancing this stuff she's learning in school. Yeah. Never considered that. They taught her about Santa before I had a chance.
1: Yeah, and I think the one thing it's so interesting because I remember that moment of them going to school and being like, oh, wow, they know all about all the TV shows in a matter of a week, which is okay, it is what it is. But like eighth grade has been wild to me because my older kids are like, well, eighth grade now is 10th grade when I was in 10th grade. So it's beating up. And so the only thing that I, I try and remind My youngest is that to hold on to his narrative, whatever his narrative is. It's you can be easily swayed by the stories that you hear at school. One, I'm going to tell you, you're not getting the whole story, whatever it is. But hold on to your narrative. You know who you are. You know who you who you are right now. I remember when uh, she was on Blackish and she wasn't they weren't utilizing her as much as they could you know, theoretically could. So I remember looking at her, I was like, let's live our life. And that's when she started working with, you know, the reach out from the Obama administration happened. She was just so curious. So I was like, let's go, let's hit it. We paused for a second and then off she went. And the one thing that she always led with while she was acting is that education comes first. So down to the studio teacher, we literally interviewed everybody everybody because all of all of the kids on blackish are really smart they are really smart i mean Um, marseille
0: i mean come on all of them all of them
1: all of them academically and and otherwise they have to be really extremely gifted and you know you find that with other shows as well but if you don't have an advocate on set to say like let's find a teacher that really challenges you we found that teacher we had met him in seventh grade on a job and he was on um parenthood and i said as long as you guys are respectful and wait for him to finish that he's the one interview everybody he just has been adam bennett just a blessing to all of the kids on that on that show we're we're grateful for people who pour into them knowing that education comes first and yeah they're here to act what is your greatest dream for your kids going forward oh happiness and global travel yeah not the challenges the challenges are fine but happiness at the end
0: What's the next stamp in your passport?
1: Next stamp is Venice, Italy. Next, next month, Venice, Italy.
0: For your, which anniversary is this for? (laughs) It's not for anniversary, it's for work. I mean, you guys are in the fashion houses of Paris and you don't do it enough, especially in this pandemic. And please tell me when Yara is trying on these gajillion dollar dresses that you slip your little tiny model body in
1: one as well. You know, there was a there was a period of time that I looked at our creative director, Jason Bolden. I was like, the only reason I stay healthy is to get up in these dresses. <laughs> Have you tried one on? We trade clothes, Yara and I, but I'm a sweats kind of... I'm, I'm sweats and spring dresses, honestly. The gowns, if I could wear high tops with them, like... So
0: I know I'm the same way, but God, they're so gorgeous. Gorgeous. Stunning. And I'm still, I'm still gagging from this purple number. She wore or whatever we can go on and on about. That. <laughs> it was like this lavender. I mean, we were, I think we were at the hangar
1: Santa Monica hangar. Whatever. I know exactly the one it was for like critics choice or screen actors guild. And it, had a little gold. <sighs> it was absolutely stunning. Yeah. I know the one. Her and Marcus were there, and I was like, "Those are just the most kindest, most beautifulest young adults." God just blesses people
0: like your daughter—like beauty, body, talent, intelligence.
1: There you go, world. Take it or leave it. I, and I think the biggest blessing is the purpose. Blessed with purpose, the rest is like the sprinkles on ice cream. It's awesome, but it's the purpose. And the the gratitude, yeah.
0: Well, you have been blessed beyond. Thank you so much. I
1: receive it. Thank you. Great to see you. I'm going to try and find that clip and get it to you.
0: Much love to you. I always think about you. I always root for you. Oh, God. Likewise. And And send me your brother's clip. I will. I will. Much love. Continue. And blessings. Bye. Bye. (laughs) I know. She's amazing. I want to thank Carrie Shahidi so much for stopping by, dealing with my sound issues in the beginning and then just being so filled with so much light and so much good energy and for letting us know that when you really do intentionally put the work into your kids, it pays off. It doesn't hurt that, you know, she was born into excellence and then she created a family of excellence. I'm just in awe. I'm inspired by And I will continue to enjoy her journey and then her kids who are just killing it. As always, thank you to Jenny Media for holding my hand through this process. I am very grateful. I'm super excited to continue to bring moms with a global perspective, moms who are unapologetic AF about who they are, how they're walking through life, and how they're pouring love, confidence, and empathy into their kids. Thank you so much. This has been episode 27 for Mama's Day with Tanika Ray. Excited to see you next week. Much love. Thanks for hanging out, Mama. I know how little time we have in our day to honor ourselves, and I'm just thrilled to be a part of it. Make sure you click like, rate, and subscribe. I'd love to hear what you think about today's show and what you want to hear going forward. Remember, mommying is a gift, and you're doing a kick-ass job. So, Lusa and Mama Stay.